it's time to stand up or shut up. With your hosts, Chris and Jen, this is the Theme Park Stand Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Theme Park Stand Podcast. How's it going, Jen? Great day. Glad to be here. Yeah, how is everyone? How are you doing today, Rick? Good. Um, So, everybody, I'd like you to give a a huge welcome to our guest, Rick Bastrop of R&R Creative. How are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing just great. That is good to hear. Um, So... There's some some big uh, some big news coming out of R and R Creative and yourself really is uh, with uh, what you why don't you tell everybody what's going on? Yeah, well, uh, basically I've been writing a book for a year and uh, and I've had lots of people over the years say you know you got to write a book because your story is interesting and and uh, all the projects we've done that people are know and so forth. So uh, I basically put the book together. It's got uh, 240 pictures in it, which I think makes us a lot of fun. It's not a history book, but it, it, it's really a, like an adventure book. It's called uh, uh, Adventures of a Theme Park Designer. And it's a lot of like behind the scenes kinds of things that uh, people aren't aware of, you know, how things are, are created and how they're thought through and produced and all the trouble you can have to make it work and, and all of that. So uh, basically we just released that book and uh, it's, been uh, going gangbusters all over so i'm happy to hear be here and, and talk a little bit about it yeah rick if you don't mind me asking when was the official release of the book you know it was uh about about a month ago but uh, now the books are available at through uh Rivershore uh press at this time and uh that's uh the folks who are you know they did, did the production on it and um it's, yeah. it's been uh, what, I, what I'm thinking through is it was released about a month ago, and in the last couple of weeks it's been available for, for sending out. That's okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, anyone listening, as we talk about it, and we're getting excited to hear Rick's story, um, the book is available, so you can purchase the book at any time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where can do they get it just from riverpress.com or or? Yeah. And you know what? This time. Um, it's available there, and it's in hard copy. It's a beautiful hard copy with it. It's printed on the on the book itself, along with the cover and that, in all in color. And uh, that's available uh, now. Uh, in a little while, that's going to be available through uh, Walmart and Barnes and Nobles and a lot of other folks too down the road. But right now, it's just available strictly through uh, this publishing company. Uh, but soon it'll be. It's going to be available everywhere. Yeah, and make sure you check back if you're listening. We'll we'll share the link so you can go and uh, check out the book and get uh, purchase it yourself. So, um, Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in this industry? You know, it, it, what's funny is as a kid, I was fascinated by amusement parks and shows and rides and that. And uh, my parents used to take me all over to Pacific Ocean Park, Knott's Berry Farm, uh, the World's Fair in New York, uh, all over the place. You know, and I got a love for that. And uh, even as a kid, I used to design layouts for parks and, and do artwork and so forth. But somewhere along the line, um, I got into law enforcement and a lot of different things, the music business. Uh, and, and I ran into my partner, my business partner, uh, Richard uh, Farron, 
uh, one time when I, I was running security for the Disneyland Hotel, and this was 40 years ago. And uh, I ran into him, and uh, we began working on some uh, projects together because I had uh, a bunch of ideas of things I wanted to do. One was a ride through shooting gallery where you'd ride a dark ride and you'd shoot at things and you'd get a score. And that was long before anybody actually ever did that. But it was one of the things that we worked on. Uh, and we went out and started uh, banging on doors, Six Flags, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, uh, Dave Bradley, and some of the, uh, some of these folks that uh, you know were manufacturers. And uh, they started hiring us to do uh, work. And pretty soon we were doing more and more design. We actually started building models, like scale models of uh, rides and attractions and, and things. And... Uh, for Knott's Berry Farm, Camp Snoopy, and things like that. Uh, and that got us into the design business. So that, that's how we started. And the more we worked on it, the better things became for us. And soon we were working on the kind of huge projects that we wanted to do, which is thematic stuff, dark rides and, and themed water slides and a lot of things like that. And that was back in, in the 80s. We've continued uh, from there. But I think the interesting part of our story is that it's really – uh, Richard and myself that do 90% of everything. I, I basically do all the writing and producing and, and uh, creating of all the characters and so forth. Richard's an incredible artist and, and you know designs sets and that. But aside from some people we have that uh, help us out, basically we do it all ourselves and and we're quick at it and uh, you know it really works for us without having a big staff. Most of the people in our business who are, are independent, say designers, came through Disneyland or came to you know Kings Island or came through uh, some park where they were involved with the design process, Universal Studios, those kind of things. But uh, we were different. We just kind of did it our own way and uh, continue to do our own way. So. You know, <laughs> It, it works for us, and uh, the, the less people I got working on it, actually, the better. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, that's an awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Well, I'm gonna ask. I know we're talking. We're gonna talk a lot about your career and what you do. Um, I know you mentioned that you you gained an interest in this as a child. Do you have like any specific attractions that you remember like sparking that interest? Well, you know, it was I. I'm in Anaheim and uh, kind of grew up in Disneyland in the 50s and that is it was, you know, Disneyland in the old time. You know, it was great. The Tom Sawyer's Island and all that would run around in. Um, and uh, from there, I, I started uh, going to Pacific Ocean Park, which was inspirational to me. That's long, long gone. I was in uh, um, Santa Monica. It was my favorite park because it was out on the ocean. And uh, the pier was out on the ocean, and there were dark rides that you'd go through that would actually come out over the ocean. <laughs> and uh, I was fascinated by that. And so uh, some of my early drawings and stuff, I've got undersea monorails and, and things like that. Uh, I used to build spaceships out of cardboard boxes. So I, I don't know, you know, I just was fascinated uh, by that. And, and when I was a teenager, I got into the music business and, and I had a couple bands that I recorded for Capitol Records and uh, used to be at Disneyland and so forth all the time. And so that that gave me a lot of basis in, uh, in show business, actually, you know, uh, timing, how things work, uh, how to how to entertain people, you know, live or whatever it may be. So all those uh those various talents uh, kind of came to came together. So there wasn't just one inspiration uh, of it. It was a, just a combination of, of things. 
through the years. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, so another thing that I've wanted to know for a while now is, is there a favorite attraction that you've had the chance to work on? I know they're all your babies, but is there one that stands out to you the most? Uh, you know what, for me, first, there, there, there's two because I'm kind of a, an Old West kind of a guy. And I like uh, uh, Old West Marshals and all that. In fact, the, on the front of my book, it's me with an animatronic marshal, a seven-foot-tall version of me that we use at the Grand Canyon Rapids at, uh, at uh, the theme park or, or the Grand Adventures, I'm trying to say, in Las Vegas. So I would say my two favorite things that I like uh, would, number one, be Yosemite Sam and the Gold River Adventure which is a dark ride that we did in uh, Six Flags Over Texas with all the Warner Brothers characters. And the 70 Sounds steals the gold and Bugs Bunny is a Texas Ranger and hunts him down and finally throws him in jail at the end. And uh, Yosemite Sounds hanging on the bars going, I hate that rock and rock and rock. And meanwhile, Bugs Bunny, who's the marshal, is sitting there with his feet up on the desk and he's going, don't do the crime if you can't do the time, Doc. And that that's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like... Uh, the Grand Canyon Rapids, which is at, uh, or was, it's long gone now at uh, Las Vegas uh, Grand Adventures. And uh, went through flooded towns and mining. It was, it was really the most extravagant uh, rafting ride that anybody had ever built. Uh, went into a, a bank with a big bank robbery in progress with a shootout between me, the marshal, and the bad guys in there uh, through tunnels and cave-ins and explosions and wolves and all kinds of things. So that, that was one of my favorite. We, we did a number of things there at the, at the Las Vegas uh, park, but uh, that's one I like the best. Um, can I actually, it, it might not be like the, it might not be the most like, um, I don't know, like happy thought, but is Yosemite Sam over Texas, is that the ride that flooded out in 2018? And that is that how that, Ride closed. Am I remembering this correctly? Uh, the are you talking about Grand um, Canyon Rapids? Isn't Yosemite Sam and Gold River Adventure? Oh, Sam, yeah. Okay. Yosemite Sam. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get here. The other. Yes. Yosemite Sam. After I think 20 years got flooded out in the big flood, oh. and that was it. And then they they changed it back kind of to what it originally was, the Speedwalkers thing but yeah that was sad to see that go but it it had a good 20 years and uh, also liked it because we did original music for it and i played all the guitar parts on the in the original music and that so it was really a, my baby from start to start to end work with warner brothers on all the characters and the scripts and, and that uh, but yes you're right it did so yeah I, that i just went to over texas for the first time um within the last like six months uh -huh. and um the actual that the ride is closed still from extensive flooding damage and that's what i thought mm -hmm. it was it wasn't positive it I, that was... happens in texas can, yeah uh, violent i've been in some real violent weather episodes i've been in hurricanes there uh tornadoes uh while i'm working i do a lot of water park work on that in the dallas area and so forth the hawaiian falls parks and other parks there and <laughs> uh, Pretty violent, but I love Texas. I love the people there. I love the place, but uh, the weather can really be challenging, to say the least. Yeah, I can imagine. It was. It was definitely. It was one of my saddest to miss at that park. I think. Well, I'll, I'll send you some pictures. Oh, I would definitely love that. Can we share them as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Sure. So we'll you. definitely share them with you guys too. 
you bet. For sure. Um, Rick, what was the the first attraction that got you got your foot in the door with like the park chains and stuff like that? Well, you know, we did, uh, we, we started by doing some models for Magic Mountain and, and, and uh, Knott's Prairie Farm. And uh, by that, we got our, our foot in the door. And, and, and it's something that would be almost impossible to do nowadays. They say, send me your resume along with 10,000 other ones. You know, if we were knocking on doors, say, hey, we got this model here and we got this idea. And they go, hey, these guys are enthusiastic. Let's let them in the door. So uh, we uh, we started working on uh, the models and that. Well, the first big project we did was, uh, it was called the Crooked Creek Washout. And this was a water slide by the side of the road, a three flume water slide. And we did that in the Old West. <laughs> it's the Old West thing they wanted and it was in Texas. And uh, we did that and uh, it, it's one of the most extravagant water size anybody's ever seen uh and uh, it went through tunnels and it went through uh explosions and steam tunnels and almost getting cut in half with a saw this was all just a, a water slide in a in a family entertainment center and uh we won the uh innovation award for what was called the uh the united states uh kind of thing united states I think about for a second. Uh, water Slide Association, because now it's the World Water Park Association. So I was trying to remember. And uh, so we won the very first innovation award of that international organization right when it first started for that particular project. Uh, and that opened the door for a lot of a lot of other things. And and we always strove everything we ever did was it was to be just more maybe unusual than other folks had done it along the road and set some precedents there, some of those kind of thematic stuff that they're done today that wasn't done back then. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Is that, uh, is the water, is the water slide still there? No, it's long gone. Long gone. Who knows gotcha. what it is? Yeah. <laughs> That was if you saw the, the picture of you go, these guys, what are they thinking? You know, it's going through all these buildings and, and tunnels and things are exploding and all that. And that nobody said we couldn't do it because it hadn't been done before. We just yeah. did it. And, and we were always hands on, too. I mean, most of that stuff we installed ourselves, you know, including the lights and that would be up in the tunnels and on the on the. Uh, water slides and all that so that, that was really like our first big one it was, it was a big one for for a big project and we started doing uh we did a miniature golf up in Greeley again in a texas theme with all kinds of animation and so forth and and uh we'd never done you know we never done a miniature golf course before so i went out with a measuring tape to all of measure you know the golf courses around here and measured it wrote it all down and took pictures and then i just designed the golf course off of the dimensions that that I took is how the golf course worked. So that's how we learned to do it. We just just figured it out and did it ourselves. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Um, so I have to I have to bring up my favorite thing. I don't know if you can see it above my head, but No Legs Larry is up there um, from Phantom Theater. Can, is there anything that you can tell us about working on Phantom Theater that because it's my all-time favorite ride at Kings Island. Sure, great. Did, did you get to ride it? I did many times. Oh, great. And then you, you probably saw the show, right? The Encore oh, show? For sure. 
amazing. Yeah, just amazing. To see how my characters come to life. I mean, I created all those out of my out of my head. The great Garbanzo, uh, Maestro, Hilda Bovine, all those characters. And see them to come to life like that. But uh, we were working on uh, Adventure Express. And we're opening Adventure Express. And, and, and in my book, I've got 25 different projects, like each of these. And it, and it tells like the backstory and that, of, you know, how we created it and how it opened and, and, you know, problems we had and all of that. So I did like a chronological order all the way through from when we started till, till more uh, recent things. But mm-hmm. anyway, back to we're working on Adventure Express. And uh, they talked to us and said, listen, we want to do. A, uh, a dark ride here because we already have a dark ride, but it's closed down. It was the Smurfs. It was a boat ride. So we'd like to put an Omnimover, which is like the Haunted Mansion. We wanted to do that kind of system that goes through. And we want to do something like that, but we're not sure. You know, so we talked about it, came up with the Vaudevillian uh, Theater. And uh, the fact with the theater is a lot of people sometimes I wonder, well, are these ghosts that haunt this place and, and in actuality the way the way i wrote it was uh, these were these crazy characters like the great garbanzo keeps blowing himself up all the time and the different characters uh Houdini, uh pulls a rabbit out of his hat but it's monster rabbit those kinds of things and it was just it, it's fun and i wanted it to be fun and a little spooky that's why people come back to it now i talked to people who wrote it when they were five years old ten years old and they and, and they, they just loved it because of the the, uh, the characters um and so the more we worked on it and developed the characters what the story i wrote was that they were phantoms they weren't they hadn't died they weren't ghosts or anything they lived in kind of this spooky creepy kind of a theater after the theater closed down and uh, the vaudevillian age was over, you know, in 1910, something in that that era there when movies started coming on. Uh, but uh, they were just these people that hung in there and stayed in this kind of magic place. And uh, as long as they stayed there, they turned there, they got a little strange, like they got blue and a little, little crazy, but uh, they never meant to be like ghost characters. They were like phantom, like phantom of the, of the opera. So... So uh, that's where we put the show together with illusions and, and so forth. And, and it's one that's really uh, set a chord with people. It's just amazing. And people, I, people are sending me pictures of the kid, of their little kids dressed up as uh, Maestro or Garbanzo or uh, the Usher. <laughs> it's amazing. I look at you know, kids who weren't, you know, weren't born, uh, obviously, when I did the, the Phantom Theater. But uh like to see it come back someday. Who knows? They they ran the show again a second year. This year was so popular. You know? Yeah, that's that was going to be my follow up question. Is um, if they if the park did come to you and say, hey, we want to try to do a a new take on this, would that be something that would excite you? It would uh, take about two seconds for me to say yes. <laughs> we'll do it because it it is one of our I you know our iconic rides uh, uh, that it just seems to go on on forever i'll show you something here here we go this is all that's left of garbanzo okay <laughs> but you can see the size of the the size of the hand there yeah okay and uh this is actually something they left behind too so i'm careful <laughs> with that but uh, the the characters were uh six and a half to seven feet tall 
And uh, I do the same with other things like the Grand Canyon Rapids. Those are all like seven foot tall characters because the sets were large. And uh, if they were regular human size and the way the sets were drilled, made and designed, um, it really wouldn't uh, look, look as good, you know. So um, they were all, all uh, you know, in larger like that, as I'm trying to say. Yeah. Lit with the blue and all that, and the eerie feeling and all the other uh, effects and lights and stuff in, in the show. Then we did original music for it, uh, and uh, it's couple of different tracks and they're all on websites there's dozens of websites to look at it uh, when we did the uh, uh, the theater or the uh, encore they got a hold of me I really wasn't aware of it they, they'd written it based on you know our story and my scripts and the characters and all of that and so we went out to see it and I was just uh, amazed at the people there how excited they were about it. And you saw the displays there where they actually had dug up the model, uh, the original model that we that we made. And uh, you know, people were just excited. I was signing lots of autographs. I gave a big interview on stage for maybe a hundred people who were there. And it was just amazing to me. Some were little kids when they went on, some were older, uh, but it, you know, it, it meant something to them, you know? And uh, that's uh, the Phantom Theater. Yeah. <laughs> It still rolls, still rolls on, you know. And uh, there's been talk about it, you know, bring it back in one way or another, and that because now they're selling pins you can hang on the maestro and different characters and that, uh, and posters and and that. So, yeah, I was gonna say like that's like I said, it's like my most missed thing out of any theme park ever. Um, I remember just I was probably one of those kids that did go into that when I was about maybe seven years old for the first time and walking in and seeing maestro up there while you're standing in line playing his organ. It just would scare me every time, but I still wanted to go through it because <laughs> it was so awesome. And he turns around and says, so you wanted to see the theater, did you? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would, uh, with, with the park, I, you know, I had my fingers crossed because they brought back their antique autos and they're like Cedar fair is all about this, uh, bringing back old time things that they've had in the past. I'm like, my fingers are crossed for Kings Island. <laughs> yeah. I would sure love to see it too. I mean, it, um, it should be great to, uh, you know, to, to rewrite it and use the characters that everybody is aware of. And, and some people love, you know, just yeah. love those characters. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, yep. I'm all in for it. I hope with the park, you know, that they would consider that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, uh, close with somebody that used to work there. And for the longest time I would talk to him like, Hey, you got, you got to bring it back. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. We have to have all new characters. All the characters were destroyed along the, along the line. They left them outside and yeah. things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is, it is survived, you know, as far as the, uh, the characters themselves, it won't, you know, it won't go away. Yeah. I've always told, I, I wanted to find somebody. I was like, I need that music for my ringtone for my phone, but I got I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you know, there, there's websites that have the music on it. Is there? Okay. Yeah, yeah just go through. I, I, I've gone through it, and I, I was amazed when I went through it, you know, that uh, people had held on to those things. But, yeah, the music's there. And, and the fact that you wrote it when you were a kid makes me feel good because you had a good time, and it didn't scare you. It's a little spooky. It was yeah. also funny, so I did my job. Yeah, one of the one of my favorite lines is, 
How about some heat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. This would open, and at the end, Maestro's going, you'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good. Classic. And actually, uh, you know, when the doors opened, first one we did it, you got hit with a blast of heat. When the heater yep. just hit you. They still have it. I don't know if, if it's blasting heat, but they they use it in one of their haunts right now. <laughs> I think they told me that when I was there. So they, they did find Garbanzo's Canyon and a few yeah. things like that along the along the road, and uh, the mummy case, um, which I always do the mummy voices. <laughs> that actually, yeah, that just that sounds just like it. <laughs> Some different stuff we've done, you know, we've done pharaohs and crazy stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of fun, a lot of fun doing that. I've got some great character actors that do the voices and stuff, and we do some of them in that. But I write all the scripts. Um, I'll tell you a little story about Yosemite Sam is that uh, I was working with Warner Brothers, which is really cool. And I wrote the scripts for the characters. Uh, Bugs Bunny uh, is deputizing Daffy Duck. And Speedy Gonzalez to be his deputies to go out and beat Texas Rangers and chase down Yosemite Sam and, and all, of, all of that. But anyway, so I wrote the scripts and we went out to Warner Brothers and there are people there who do the cartoons and said, said oh, we rewrote the scripts. OK, so, you know, for the characters, you know, put this uh, different uh you know, spin to it. It's like, okay, fine. You know, so we went in and we we uh, did all the characters, uh, and they've got like six different people. It used to be Mel Blank used to do like all of them. One guy did all of them, but they were like six different people because the characters are so different. Yosemite Sam and all. So we recorded it all, and they put it into the ride. And Sally Corporation, our great buddies there, who built the animatronics uh, programmed all of it. But when we went through, nobody could understand what the characters were saying uh, because it was too long. And so anyway, we went back in and redid it all again, and I rewrote it all for, for the ride. So the fact is that they had great stuff, but it was a different a different way of, of presenting something. You only have four or five seconds as you're going by in a ride versus the cartoon. You're sitting there a long time. So it's a, it's learning I learned along the way. I, I didn't do that. And actually, the book in the book, I I, I say this is you know a, a learning adventure. I mean, it, it was we learned one thing to the next. You know, and the next time we did, might have done it different, or might have done it better, or whatever. But uh, that's that's what it was all about. It still is. I'm still learning stuff. You know, technology is changing at such a, a level. Yeah. So um, I have another question. So I know you guys do different types of, like you obviously do different types of attractions. You do like dark rides, um, water parks, entertainment centers. What are your favorite ones to work on? Dark rides. Because dark rides are themed rides like we did, uh, oh, so like the Exterminator at Kennywood or Adventure Express or, uh, you know, various dark rides and that uh that we've done and that that's what i enjoy because you control everything you control the lighting the sound and so forth we've done uh over 40 water parks that we themed essentially being we go in and work with architects and that and design all the buildings and the signage and the music and the props and, and all the frosting you know the fun stuff across the top that's what we do with the with water parks and that and, and the graphics and the park maps and and all of that we don't 
people always say, well, oh, do you design roller coasters or water slides? It's like, no, there's companies that do that. We don't design the slide, but I take the colors and, you know, call it the exterminator and do all the props and all of that. So anyway, we, you know, we've done a lot of that. Themed rides, uh, miniature golf courses, number of miniature golf courses, either from the start all the way up uh, or uh, going through and retheming somebody's golf course uh, wax museums and wax museums so anything in entertainment uh we did the wax museum at fisherman's wharf um and uh in, in san francisco and that's gone again too things come and go but uh I do a little bit of everything so dark rides always so i'm always looking for the next dark ride yeah i always feel like dark rides like if i had to guess dark rides seem like they would be the most creatively rewarding um definitely you know, from the start to end, telling a, telling a story. And I always like to involve people in the dark rides. Some some people, or, or some rides don't. I, you know, I look at a lot of videos, and, and it goes by, and somebody's doing something over there. Um, I like to include the people. As they were talking about Phantom Theater, you know, Maestro keeps talking to you as you go by. The, the spoiler men talk to you. You know, you're in a kind of interacting with, uh, with the characters and feeling part of it, the, ele the electrical panel guy turns off the electrical panels. So what are you guys doing here? And shines a flashlight in your face. Uh, so that's why I like to, I like to in include, you know, include the audience in with the characters. That might be part of Phantom Theater too, is that you felt like uh, they were addressing you. Yeah. Uh, standing there doing something. Yeah, Thanks. I agree. Um, that's that's really exciting to hear all the the behind the scenes types of stuff for some of the rides. I didn't know that you did Exterminator, and that's one of my favorite. That's my one of my favorite coasters around this part. I live in Columbus, so um, every time I'm at Ken at Kennywood, I'm like, I got to ride Exterminator. So <laughs> we have actually talked about Exterminator extensively on this podcast. <laughs> well, have you, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty. I don't know if it's even still open now. Um, haven't been back there for for quite a while, but yeah, Vermin Incorporated are the guys that uh, we sent, and then uh, we did the uh, Q Line show, wrote the Q Line show, and uh, hopefully you saw that when you went through. And you know, it was the news announcers announcing that these big rats had attacked and were climbing around in the subterranean areas there, and that Vermin Incorporated was chasing them down. So that's what you saw in the story was they were trying to exterminate the entire rats. I got you. I didn't get to see the pre-line show, but every all the theming throughout the the coaster was great. <laughs> yeah, I think you didn't see it the whole the whole thing together, you know, because it really set the story up and that. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't been back there for years, so once the owners have it, they kind of have uh, free yeah. will to do what they want with you know with the ride. Yep. So uh, we have some listener questions. Um, Jen, you want to go over the, the first one there? Yeah, I actually have one more. I'm like, I'm, sure. yeah, I'm sure. looking at some. I have one more. Did you guys do the, um, on the Wildwood Boardwalk, there used to be like this dinosaur. I think I remember reading this when I was preparing for our interview before, but I couldn't find it again. Did you guys do the dinosaur ride that was in Escape, Wildwood? Escape from Dinosaur Beach. At Dinosaur Beach in Wildwood. 
So I, I am too young to ever get to ride it, but I do remember my family talking about it because we grew up going to those beaches and they would talk about it all the time. So I, I thought I remembered reading that when I was preparing for this, but I couldn't find it again. I read it quickly once. Yeah, you can find, you know, any of these things that's crazy you can find on the internet, you know, and then you start dialing it up and it's amazing. There's, there's you know, movies or, or you know, videos that people go through. But yes, we did Escape from Dinosaur Beach, and uh, that was a that was that was a fun one with uh, the dinosaurs. We actually used some of the same dinosaurs. We we did a ride, a famous one that we did is called Voyage to the Center of the Earth, and it's at uh, at Highland Hills, and we won the Innovation Award again from World Water Park for that. And uh, that goes deeper and deeper into the Earth. It's all inside a tube ride inside, and uh, you run into various dinosaurs there are elasmosaurus actually comes up over your head elasmosaurus being the the sea monster you know the long neck kind of a guy and he appears from behind a rock and comes up right over your head which is a lot of fun there's a t-rex in there and some velociraptors and all but uh that uh, group of dinosaurs we then used them again because they had the molds in that part sally did and we did dinosaur beach um, so that was a fun ride it it's only lasted about, I don't know, four or five years or something, and they changed things around. But we've done a lot of work in uh, Wildwood uh, at Maury's Landing, the Sea Serpent Coaster, and, and uh, some things like that, miniature golf courses. Oh, I've definitely, I've done a lot of the min miniature golf courses in Wildwood throughout my life. Um, and I think I've definitely ridden the Sea Serpent Coaster. I've I grew up going to Wildwood. It's been a while, and I I don't have the best memory, but I do remember the ride being talked about in my family. Well, we used to go out there. You know, we'd go out there before the season, and, and it was just dead. It was had it was hard to find a hamburger to buy some anywhere. You know, and within a couple of days, the place was packed with, with people partying twenty four hours a day. So uh, that's a fun place to work at. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that was pretty interesting. It's like such a unique place where it just shuts down. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> All right. So now we can pop into those interviews. I'm here. Questions. I'm struggling. <laughs> um, Chris, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Um, you can go. You can take the first one. All right. So um, we have one of our listeners, Philosophic Hosting. Um, first, he says, hello. Adventure Express is one of his all-time favorite rides. Um, and he says he adores the theming on the on the ride, and he has many fond memories of the ride. He'd love to hear about your involvement and how that ride came to life. Well, we uh, we met the, the folks from Kings Island. We hadn't done any work for them, and uh, went out and talked to them about they, they wanted to put this coaster up, and uh, it was going to be a hybrid coaster with steel tracks and, and wooden supports, but it was by uh, Arrow. And uh, Arrow did the original Matterhorn bobsleds and did many things. They're out of business now. But they were one of the really first innovators of the corkscrew and all of that. And Ron Toomer was the president. He, he was a good friend of ours. We used to hang out with him at the shows and that. But they wanted to do this, and they wanted to do like an Indiana Jones of kind of the idea. So I wrote the story of, of, of this runaway coaster that goes back and through and goes through these lost tunnels. It goes off the track. It goes. It's supposed to go one way. It goes another way, right? The usual amusement park type thing. Go this way, but it goes that way. Okay, and uh, it, it goes through uh, uh, temples and all of that uh, with uh, effects and creaking timbers. Uh, 
But the uh, unusual thing about that was that the coaster ran down the hill and went all, all around through the hill. But at the end was the lift, which is very unusual. They wanted to get, they didn't want to get, try to get people to go all the way down the, the, uh, the pathway down the hill because uh, it was a long hill down there and then walk back up. They wanted to start and end the coaster up here, which is really unusual. So now at the end, we've got this challenge that we've got this long track that's going up. And have you ever ridden it? Or do you know what I'm talking about? The uh, Many times. The, with the drummers? Yep. <laughs> so now we've got this long track that goes up. Well, what are we going to do? Okay, well, at the end, we got the the, uh, the one statue, and he's got a steam cauldron he's going to pour on you. But as you go up, now the drummers start playing. Boom, boom, boom. And these guys are, are like six feet tall on both sides. And uh, going up, they start the, the drumming all the way up. And as they go up, then he pours the cauldron of, of uh, lava on top of you. And then you come out in the station, which is real unusual. Usually you have a lift here, you know, the drop and come in the station at, at the end. But the, uh, the time that it opened, it was, we're still working on it. And uh, they had the grand opening. We're still finishing effects in that. The coaster had been running, but we're still finishing the effects. So the drummers, so you've seen, you've seen the pictures of the drummers or ever, ever ridden it, okay? And they're great big guys. Well, Sally, our buddies from Sally again, were building building those for us. And they were up there working uh, dramatically, trying to get the drummers to, to work. They got them to work, but it was just, you know, it was a big effect. And uh, we're getting ready to open and we didn't know if it was working or not. So now it's gonna be the opening uh, day and they've got all the officials there, and the mayor, all these people and uh, VIPs and that. And, they, and we're going, I, I sure hope everything's going to work because they want us to ride the ride with all the press and all everybody. So they introduce us and I say, oh, this is Rick and Richard. And they're the guys who designed the Adventure Express and they're going to have the first ride in the first car. You know, And behind us is going to be all the, the, uh, the press people and people are going to write it up and so forth. So now it takes off, boom, takes off. And it goes through the steam tunnel, which is all bawling cauldrons. And we got spears coming out and creaking timbers. Everything's working great. I'm, I'm going, the drummer's got to work. They got to work. We're sitting in the front car, you know. So now we come and the thing goes up, starts going up. And all of a sudden, the drummer's boom, 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 all the way up, right? So we come up, we get out, everybody cheers, and everybody's happy and so forth. So about that time, they came out from Sally and they said, Listen, it wasn't working. So what we did was we got all of our guys and we got all the people from the park. And when you guys went through, we stood behind the drummers with sticks and we pushed the, the drummers' hands up, boom, 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 all the way up. So it was uh, basically they saved us because it would have been a, not a dramatic effect when we went up. But very soon they got it. They got it all together now. But the first inaugural run was uh, they were they were doing the eight drummers by hand. Wow. You know that is one of my uh, one of my favorite coasters there, and it's it's a underrated night ride. It's really fun at night. Well, we came out one time. We had the steam on and the fog on, and we had it in the fog tunnel. There with some red lights, and that was really a cool effect. And we left the fog on, and we came back the next day, and the entire ride, everything was covered in fog. We couldn't find anything in there because we left it on at night, and it had been uh, cool. When it's cool, that stuff really really you know, comes alive. So. Uh, yeah, we didn't leave it on at night anymore. <laughs> it's a 
you know, it, it's still it's still a great ride, and, and they added some new uh, things to us, little pieces and things. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's still still popular ride for sure. Um, our our next question is from Whiskey Nick, um, and he wants to know um, if you have a project that you've been working on that you'd like to see in a in a new place soon. Uh, we're not working on any on any rides right now. The the big thing I'm working on right now is the uh, the National Coaster Museum, which is in uh, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I was in uh, at what they call the Golden Ticket Awards a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my wife and I were at, at Dollywood, and uh, I, was, I was working with uh, you know with the the board there. So I'm doing a, a bunch of design work uh, for them right now. But uh, I don't really. Nothing I can really speak of. I got some concept things, but, uh, but nothing I'm building right now, particularly, that I could tell you about. Sounds good. I, I have a question. Uh, what is what was your favorite part of writing your book? Uh, I guess you know some of the old memories in that. I I remember like some of the stories I'm telling you here uh, are it's all in the book. It's like background stories that are that are fun, and and things that uh, you know that meant things to people. I went back through and and uh, people that I talked to like yourself even uh, you know 20 years later uh, after even something is closed or whatever it may be and it it, uh, it meant a lot uh, to them. So that was a fun part of the book. I included several stories like that where people i ran into people years later and found out that something i'd done was uh, a big influence in their life yeah um the guy who does maestro uh does a great job on the encore show you know and and he basically told me said the reason i got into show business and he's great he does maestro which is really hard to do um and i uh, said you know the reason i i got got into uh, show business was because I was so impressed by Phantom Theater and I loved the character of Maestro and I would imitate him and he said that, that led me into uh, into show business, <laughs> you know, being an actor. I don't know if I did him a favor or not, but you know, <laughs> he was having a great time doing it. I'm sure he'll do great because he's very talented. Uh, so I guess probably in the book there was, I, I had to do some research. I remember this stuff. I wanted to get the dates right. And, go through all the old files and then choose the pictures. Like I said, I got 240 pictures or they're black and white uh, pictures, but uh, that, that show everything that I talk about. So I, I wanted to do that. Uh, you know, like I say a picture is worth a thousand words. You can talk about it all day, but you just show a picture of it. Uh, you got it. So I enjoyed that going back through things, but mostly enjoyed reminiscing, going back and being reminded over, over, over things where people, I'd run into years later here and there, and, and, and this stuff meant a lot to them. Was still alive in, in their head. Yeah, that awesome. must be a really beautiful thing to get to hear. Um, yeah, it must be a beautiful thing to hear. Well, I went to uh, one time. I'll tell you another little story like that. That's, that's all in the book, but I'm sharing a, the story with you. And we were in Mexico. My, uh, my wife was born in, in Mexico. And we were there at, at a Yataka Waka something. <laughs> it, it, it's got all kinds of historical stuff. I always have trouble saying the name. Uh, but uh, we, we were eating in a castle. It was my birthday. 
and we're eating in, in an old castle there. And my wife heard uh, some people speak in English. So she brought them over to the uh, table. And it was two little girls and their parents. Their dad was in the military. And uh, somehow she said, oh, he designs amusement parks. Oh, have you ever gone to Six Flags, Texas? And the two girls are like 10 and 8 years old. Now, this was, this was uh, um, even after the park had had uh, closed. No, no, the part, the ride was still open actually, but but they had ridden it uh, before when they were when they were even younger, and they said there's this ride there and it's called Yosemite Sam and the Gold River Adventure. And they said, you know, Yosemite Sam steals the gold, the Bugs Bunny deputizes. They told me the whole story, and they said you know, Yosemite Sam says this, and he ends up in jail. And uh, we we love that ride. That's our favorite ride. And Yosemite Sam shoots barrels. When he shoots barrels, there's water comes out of the barrels and hits you, and uh, I said, yeah, I designed that right and wrote it, you know, and I, I, and I told Lily, I said, yeah, this is the birth, best birthday party I could, I could get. I, you know, to hear a couple of little girls who are so influenced and love that attraction so much at 25 years after I designed it, you know, long before they were ever, ever around. So I, I enjoy going back through and finding stories like that of remembering and, you know, the influence of out of people, which is amazing to me. I, you know, it's something came out of my head, and it's nice to hear somebody appreciates it that much. It means that that much to to them. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like hearing that kind of stuff come from people that have ridden your rides and how much those rides mean to you definitely, I feel like, would give you some like energy or I'm not sure of the word I'm looking for to create like keep creating these you know awesome rides. Yeah, well, that, that's what it's that's what it's about. Entertaining. <laughs> uh, I say I learned entertaining when I was a teenager and, and performing and, and that. But uh, you're entertaining people, and uh, yeah, it is. It, it, it's inspirational. You can't think of it that way. It's like, oh, when I do this one, people are gonna remember it 20 years from now. You just do the best you can, and uh, you know, create it and make it fun. And you know, and everything we've ever done, even when even like Phantom Theater and that. We don't do uh, horror type things. Uh, even when we're doing the wax museums and that we won't we won't do any of that kind of stuff. It's just not not what we do. I want to be remembered for you know fun, funny, exciting adventure stories, uh, and not jumping out in the dark and scaring you. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I'm not a big horror person. <laughs> Not a big, scary, dark ride person. Yeah. Well, it's easy to get somebody's attention by jumping out in the dark with a flashlight on, but to tell a story and create a character that people can believe and care about is uh, a lot more difficult. Yeah. And those are truly, in my opinion, the best dark rides because it, it is. It's it's a really beautiful thing to go through and, and to successfully tell a story throughout the attraction. Um, and I think that there are some attractions that do it really well. And there are some that there isn't much of a storyline to it. And they're still good, but they're definitely not as memorable, in my opinion. Yeah, and telling a story is not easy because uh, it's got to be uh, simple to understand. And uh, sometimes people try to tell stories and they get so complicated, you can't figure, what, where are you? You know, where am I going with this, with this thing? So I uh, generally keep my scripts and stories and stuff simple. You know, it's for, I'm doing stuff for the, the people I'm entertaining, not for myself. You know, as far as writing some, you know, beautiful 
type of thing. It's like, what are the people going to see? Are they going to understand what I'm what I'm saying to them or what the character is saying to them through me or me through them? Yeah. Yeah. I was, go ahead. I just said, makes sense. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what I was just going to say. I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh no. That's um, very but I was going to say, it's like, my favorite part is just having those characters that leave a lasting memory. And, you know, other than like your uh, Warner brothers characters, but literally ones that you have created that, you know, aren't anywhere else in any other parks or anything like that, that leave lasting memories, which is, that's, I find that really awesome. Yeah, it is. Well, that's a big reason why I do it. You know, I mean, I do it for a living and I do it because I've done it my whole life and I love it, but uh, you know, the, the audience reaction and, and I, I will, I will uh, ride the rides over and over again with people that don't know me sitting in the back seat or, or go out uh, Santa Cruz uh, boardwalk. We've done, you know, a number of things, the cave train and, and uh, Neptune's kingdom there and a uh, thing called Neptune's kingdom. And it's a, a, a indoor miniature golf course themed to pirates and all arcades and, and things like that. But I like to just go on and sit and watch people play. They go up to the dungeon and the dungeon doors open and the prisoner talks to them and tells them where the gold is and it closes. It's all a pirate kind of a thing. Cannons are blasting. Uh, it's not like a regular miniature hall, of course. But uh, I like to watch people playing it and laughing and, and being a little, a little startled by the cannon going off or something. <laughs> and, uh, and just watching and going, you have no idea that I thought this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it, it's humbling. Now, my wife will usually run over and go, oh, this is the guy who designed it. You know, she's the <laughs> best promoter. Uh, then you want to talk and get an autograph. But, you know, I just I just enjoy being anonymous and uh, and, and writing or, or, or watching, you know, people enjoying. And, and I learn I learn things, too, about, you know, what maybe could have worked better. Or, you know. Gotcha. Uh, well, uh, that I mean, that kind of brings us, wraps us up why don't you let us know where they can purchase that book again? Okay. Uh, it's at, uh, it's at Rivershore, um, Rivershore Press. This is my book. Oh, yeah, with the, with the character, with a six-foot character. Um, and uh, it's at uh, Rivershore Press, and you can dial it up and, and in order. Right now, they're, they're selling strictly the, the uh, hard copies which are really beautiful i did a beautiful job on the, on the hard copy of that uh it'll be available in in uh, softback a little bit down the road but uh, right now it's just at, at river shore um it'll it will be available at barnes and nobles and that down down the road but right now yeah, that's that's where you can get it well rick i want to thank you for joining us and and going over all this history of r and r creative which you know once again one of my favorite rides ever um, you created. So I just want to thank you again for stopping by and hanging out with us. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Anytime you want to talk to me, dial me up and we'll, we'll get together. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Well, that's going to wrap us up guys. And we will see you next week. See you next week, guys. This has been the theme park stand podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll see you all next time.